All right, you football-loving maniacs, time for a very, very special episode of Three Honest Lads. I got Devin Kerr over here. Devin, what is cracking? Well, we obviously know that the episode's not special because it's not about me and it's not about you. Life is good. Breathing, living, some interesting games yesterday. More importantly, life is good because of the special podcast and the fact of who we have on the other line. Why don't you let the fans know who we got on today? Well, we have uh, two very... um, very unique individuals in, in the world of football, particularly in the USL championship. Two men from El Paso Locomotive. It's a love train. Everybody wants a ticket aboard. Devin is bringing up the caboose. It's Sebastian Velasquez and Mark Lowry. I don't know if I have any more train references in the bag today, but we have Sebastian. We have Mark. Coach, Seba, how are we this morning? I'm good, guys. Everything's going good. Thank you. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. To, everything is great, man. Everything is great. How are you guys doing? Lovely, lovely. Just great to have you on. I know it, it took a couple of weeks of, of scheduling. I know Devin is a little bit difficult with his schedule. You know, he gets his nails done on Tuesday. He gets his Manny Petty on Thursday. It's, it's difficult to sort of get some time for him to, to come on. But the Devin, the we're glad that you were able to make it. Yeah, I'm grateful. I mean, the, the fact that you know my salon schedule at this point in time really means that you truly care, and I appreciate that. Yeah. No, no, no salon schedule. No salon schedule last night and Wednesday night soccer for game of the week for Ian Russell and the boys as they got trounced by Orange County. Gents, did you get a chance to watch the game? I didn't watch it. I saw the result. There was um, just the early kickoff. Man, we were just busy in the office doing a few things. So, I um, saw the result. Um, a little bit surprised, I guess. Reno been on a good run. Orange County haven't been, but that's that's the USL. Anybody, you know, form kind of goes out the window with the USL this season. I think anybody's capable of beating anybody on any given day. Yeah, I know, Sebastian, you were watching the New Mexico United-Sacramento game, and you, and you mentioned uh, Daniel Bruce's banger before we came on. That was, that, was a, uh, that was a spectacular effort, reeling back the year, Sebastian Velasquez, 2017, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I was watching the game last night, just taking a, a look at uh, the New Mexico team, and uh, yeah, man, like, it was, uh, it was a back-and-forth game. It was wide open. There were chances back and forth. And then, uh, actually, uh, Sacramento was gaining a lot of momentum, after they scored the goal, and out of nowhere, Bruce just hit a banger, man. That that was a uh, that was quite a goal, and 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 they got the three points out there. Yeah, Daniel Bruce has been a has been a great addition to New Mexico United. He had some visa issues at the beginning of the year, but he's certainly been uh, a very useful piece for New Mexico and Troy Lassane, especially in U.S. Open Cup. But but gentlemen, let's get down to business, which is of course the business of getting down. Let's start with with the giant um, El Paso locomotive-sized elephant in the room. Okay, Mark, Sebastian Velasquez finishes his time with Suwon. Everybody sees the highlight reel. He's clearly making it known to everybody that he wants to come back to the United States. His resume speaks for itself. How did this relationship come about? How did you just sort of come to acquiring um, what has been one of the more prolific number 10s in the USL championship for the past three some odd years? Yeah, no, it's just a good question. It's an interesting story. Um, you know, there's it, it a couple of things. It goes back to how we play. Um, and the fact that we just weren't capitalizing in the final third like we should, like our play warranted, you know, the, the, the control, the possession, the areas we get into. So I felt like we need a little bit of an extra boost in kind of attacking third of the field, um, in the, particularly in the number 10 area, playing underneath Jerome, who's obviously, you know, capable of scoring goals, that we've, as we've seen. Um, and then I've known Sebastian for a while in terms of his play, you know, played against him in NASL when he was at Rayo OKC. 
um, followed his career at RSL and then NYCFC and, and those places. And, and then thirdly, we've got a guy on our team, Yuma, who is friends with Sebastian, um, played with him at Rayo, got quite close, um, but kept in touch. So, so Yuma kind of brought to my attention that he was coming back home and he you know, obviously needs a team to play with. And, and I was aware of his talent, his quality, and it kind of just the circumstances kind of fell into line because we needed, we, we needed that type of player. He became available. It just became, you know, with the conversations we had over the phone, the more we spoke, he just seemed like a really good fit for everybody. And thankfully we were able to get over the line and here now. And, and, and he really has been a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Sebastian, let's expand on that a bit further. It's always good to hear what it's like from the coaching perspective. How about on your side of things? What was the courtship like? What really piqued your interest, and, and how did you make your way to the States? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Coach touched on a lot of it. Um, obviously, when I became available, I got a, I got a call from, uh, from Juma, and, and Juma was like, uh, would you be interested in coming here, check out the team, look at our games? So I kind of did my own homework, and, and, I, and I had already known Coach from uh, NASL when he was at Jacksonville. So then I just sat down, uh, watched a couple games, and, and, and it was just like, I don't know, it kind of just seemed uh, picture perfect where you just watch a game and you're like, okay, this is where I want to be at. The style of football, I'm a huge fan on a personal note. I'm a huge fan of Barcelona. And this is basically like the Barcelona-style type of football in the USL. And it's been a while since I've seen a team that can possess the, the, possess the ball the way the way uh, coaches team does. So after I watched them, I, I, I was trying to figure out where I would fit in. I, I saw the, the style of play they have, the, the players that they have, and it didn't take much. I, after I watched them one game, I was like, you know what, I think I can, I can fit there. Because the thing is, like, you go to a different team, and obviously everyone's going to be excited, and, and, but you have to be able to fit in, and you have to be able to fit in with the new team, with the new players, with the, uh, with the coaching staff. And it just seemed perfect. And then I spoke to Coach, and, and, and the way Coach is uh, so passionate about his team and so passionate about his style of play, I was like, this is where I need to be. This is where I want to go. And, and I spoke to my lady, and it was quick, man. We had to make a quick decision based on, on obviously, on her uh, pregnancy as well. And she was excited. I was excited. And, and we kind of made it quick. It, wasn't, it took like three or four days. Yeah, me and Coach quick. had a conversation like a Thursday, and we, it, we, I was on the way like on a Saturday. Let's track back for a second. Um, Tyler alluded to this earlier in, in saying that your resume speaks for itself. Everybody carries a, a massive amount of gratitude and, and kind of this cult-like lore with some people for all the performances you put on the field. But you go back to 2018, back-to-back seasons where your Real Monarch squad that you were playing for then, you guys just didn't, you know, couldn't finish it out in the postseason. You lose to Reno at home. Take us through the thought process of, ending up with Suwon in South Korea and how that played out with, with kind of the coaching staff and your family? Well, yeah. Well, thankfully, uh, obviously, when I played out Monarchs, I had, uh, I had two, two great seasons, uh, not, just, not just on the side of stats. It was just the performances that, that I was able to put in, game in and game out, um, and the way we were able to help my team and, and the way that things uh, just played out. Then I, I just out of nowhere – I got this opportunity, man, to, to I was in Colombia, I was with my family, and out of nowhere, I just got an interest from a team in, in Asia, and obviously you want to, uh, as a footballer, you, you uh, soccer's kind of like one-fourth of your life, man. It's not a long career, you get around 
36, 35 years old, and then it's done. So when I got this opportunity, I was like, well, I've never been to Asia. I could, I never imagined myself being in Asia. Uh, I actually spoke with a team out there on the phone. They told me they were interested. They told me they needed a player like myself, and 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 I went and tried it out. It was it was really interesting. It was really it was really awesome. The people there were great. Uh, it's a whole different world of football. That's one thing I noticed. It was basically uh, Asian players are very fit, very strong, and 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 it's just a hundred miles per hour the whole game. And I actually didn't play. I, I well, coach said I was attacking mid, but I didn't play attacking mid. He had me as as a double, like we had like two holding mids, and I was that second holding mid. I was just the one that pushed up a little bit more with the ball, getting the ball from defenders and then turning it going forward type of thing. And it was a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed it. My, my lady enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't learn any Korean, but <laughs> other than that, man, uh, it, it, was a, it was a great experience. And I actually think as a, as a player, it helped me so much more based on my decision-making. Because as a as in the USL, what would happen a lot in the in the Monarchs, I would get the ball from like very far away from going. Then sometimes there were games where you'd see me and try to like dribble from way back there, and I would lose the ball sometimes. And 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 those decision making, uh, it helped me a lot as a player. They they actually the, the assistant coach was actually one of the best playmakers there ever was in Korea, and he helped me a lot. And so it was a, it was a huge experience uh, for myself. All right, Mark, I got one for you. So, a little bit past the midway point in the season, you get you get this. You know, you, you didn't tell me that you were a you were a master bass pro. You land probably the biggest fish in the USL championship in, <laughs> in the summer transfer window, and you you fill in that number ten spot behind Jerome. You guys have you know obviously shown that you can beat anybody, but as of late, it hasn't been the results that you guys have been looking for. Yep. What's the mood in the locker room right now? What's the message to the lads? And, and sort of, have you guys set any goals, whether it's we want to get a home playoff game, we want to chase Phoenix and get the number one spot in the Western Conference? What are you guys sort of short-term goals chasing after at the moment? That's, um, that's a good question. I mean, philosophically, uh, everything in the locker room is great. Um, I try from day one to really be objective with our analysis and, and a kind of our goal orientation and, and, and focus more on things like our pass completion, our, our, our chance creation, you know, those types of things. So if those things are going well, which they are, even though the results in terms of the, the Ws haven't been there the last few games, those, those things are still in order. So we've, we've almost educated the locker room to kind of value more than just winning. Yeah, winning is the ultimate goal. That's what we want. That's why we do this. That's why we play the way we do to dominate the game, to ultimately try and win. But there's value in various other things in the game as well. And, and, the, and the players are now seeing that. And, and so the mood is actually, it's actually very good because, you know, we come out of the Monarchs game this past weekend at home, we want to win, it's 0-0. But how could we be disappointed with the performance we put on? 17 shots on goal, 70% possession, multiple good good chances created. So, you know, we don't, we don't put pressure on guys necessarily go and score those chances. We believe it just happens, and I don't believe in putting that pressure on individuals. The goals will come if, if we keep playing this way. So the mood, the mood is actually good because we do focus on other things in terms of satisfaction, in terms of in terms of valuing and kind of evaluating how we play. So we're an educated locker room now, and that, that's that's a great sign, you know. And um, and we believe that we can see what we're doing. The results will come, and also. The players are smart in terms of they've seen the injuries we've had the last month or two. You know, Jerome's been out for three games now. We've had we lost both of our centre backs 
Meshack to long term. Chiro hasn't played for the last four games. So it's like when you're making those type of rotations, not many teams in the USL will be able to cope with that. They continue kind of that winning streak. So the fact that we've been able to kind of rotate, people that can step in, you know, we went to San Antonio and Omar Salgado's left back and kicked his center back and you you're doing those things and you're still putting in decent performances. So we feel once we get everybody back healthy, once we get that group of guys back with core core players, I mean when you take your nine, your centre backs, Humor in midfield who's a big player for us, out the lineup, that really does change kind of the dynamic of the group a little bit. Everyone's aware of that. So people are kind of keeping it in perspective and and we've also shown that we can beat anybody like you said, so we know it's there. Um, but we also, we're also aware that, that it's got to come back sooner rather than later because we do have aspirations to go and make some noise this season, whether it's home playoff game, finishing as high as the table as possible, or, or going on a win this season. Because we believe with the likes of Sebastian Jerome, we've added halfway to the year, we now have the group of players to go and, and, and frankly beat anybody any given day. Boy, Omar Salgado playing left back. I don't know what's more unorthodox, that or, or <laughs> playing in a holding center midfielder role. <laughs> all right mark one one more follow-up for you personally i mean what is the what has the first half of the season been like for you in this role taking an expansion side um you know for you growth you know seeing the league and 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 everything that has to offer i mean 18 teams in one conference you don't even see the other conference what has this whole experience been like for you any any big sort of like aha moments for your personal growth um, through the first 18, 19 weeks of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big learning curve all around for everybody, I think, um, and me included. Uh, I feel like every game we play, we learn more about the league and the opposition and what's required. So you're kind of making those notes. So when you kick off preseason next year, you kind of establish those things from the get-go. And, and I mean, Seba, Seba mentioned it earlier when he said he watched the Sacramento-New Mexico game. Every game seems to be, you know, wide open. From an entertainment standpoint, it's fantastic. You know, there's a lot of goals in the West, right? There's, it's end-to-end. There's a lot of action. So from a fan perspective, it's great. But um, we try and do it a little bit differently. And it's, it's not easy to do it like that, um, to control a game, to, to, to break up the opposition's attack, fire up the field, to counter-press. So you can kind of start to dominate the board. It's not end-to-end. It's not wide open. So, you know, the West this season's really, it's always been a little bit more, you know, watching it from afar. You know, the, the East and West have always had slight differences in styles. You know, the, the, the East is very blue-collar, good defensive teams. You know, where the West, I don't know, it's because of the climate, better fields. It's just always been more goals, more attacking play, I feel, in the West. It's been a little bit more open like that. So, But I feel like it's even more so this season, and now I don't see that changing going forward. Um, so for us, it's been a massive learning curve in, in understanding what's required to, to be competitive and to go and win. And, and you know, the, the, the standard has been, has been very good from everybody. I think there's a lot of good players now in the league. Um, which might not have been the case a few years ago when there was a little bit more competition with the NESL and those things. Um, so, yeah, massive learning curve in terms of putting the group together. It's been hard work, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's been hard work, but every day we've learned something new, whether it's on the field or off the field, um, which will ultimately help us for next season when we don't have to recruit 20 players and build a training ground and, and a fan base and those things, right? So next season we feel like we can continue right now just building and, and, and learning and, and making these adjustments and notes as we go along and bringing in the players that we feel can help us long term for what we're trying to achieve then for 2020 it should be set up quite nicely you know um, and, and we have to take a long term approach even though we do want to win today we want to win tomorrow we want to win everything right now that's that, that's sports right that, that's pro sports that's what we're really that's what we want to do but 
there's always one eye on the long term and, and how can we set this club to be sustainable on and off the field and I think everybody's done a great job with that so far from, from a front office standpoint um, from the players on the field from the fan base um, we believe that you know, we're, we're putting things in place this club can be a powerhouse you know in two, three, four, five, six years time uh, and kind of replicate a phoenix what, the, what those type of clubs have done because that's why, that's why we're here that's why we have an ownership that's very supportive which is another great thing um, and they want to they put a winning product on the field and entertain and create, create a club that the city can be proud of and, and that, that does take a lot of work but every day we're getting closer and closer all right, Sebastian, this one is for you, buddy. We're going to take a little trip down memory lane, all right? <laughs> all right, sounds good, man. All right, so 2017, Monarchs are world beaters. I don't think there was anybody in the league, Devin and I included, who thought that you guys weren't at least going to get to the cup final. You bow out in penalty kicks to Sacramento at home. 2018, another great year in the regular season, a bit more up and down, but still a, a lot of consistency through, across the board. Bow out in the first round again. You come to a team like El Paso who's already set up to make the postseason. For you individually, do you feel like you have a, a pretty large plate of unfinished business in front of you? Of course, man. Uh, it just, it just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, it gives you like this little personal thing to it, and 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 that's why I've came with so much in your energy to to come train hard and 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 get fit and get uh, to my best football that I know I can get to. And 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 like you said, like I was actually speaking to this to one of the players. I was like, listen, uh, you people are gonna talk right now. We're going on this on this stint where we haven't been able to get that goal or we haven't been able to get that one that win in El Paso. But if you take a look at my team in 2017, 2018, we were we were destroying every team through the regular season, and it's 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 crazy to say it that way, but it was the, the honest truth. There were teams that were coming out, and they just didn't want to come. They didn't want to open up. They were playing very defensive, and we would score the first goal, and then it was two, three, and four. That's a that's a great way to play the season, but if you get but if you give me the choice to play first place all the way throughout the regular season and get taken out of the first round of playoffs, or build 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 and be at your top form right before playoffs get to top form in playoffs and make it to the uh usl cup final and win it i would take that any day i would take that any day and i think right now for me to come to a team like el paso where they're not at their 100 percent, we aren't at our 100 percent. like this is a brand new team and to be and be, to be quite honest to be on an expansion team that's done so well it, it, it it's quite it's quite impressive and to be on an expansion team that has figured out how to play the football in the USL where they're keeping teams spinned out. We played Monarchs this weekend, which is obviously my old team, and, and we know the likes of, of Mickey Chang. We know the likes of Justin Portillo. We know the, the likes of, of, of some players that have on that team that are very dangerous players. And, and to keep them at, one, what was it, like one shot or one, one shot cross, goal, yeah. They, yeah. They, weren't, they didn't look effective. They looked very brand new. They looked like... They had they hadn't scored goals in, in the league for a while, but this is a team that's in fifth place for scoring the most amount of goals in the USL league. That's very impressive for our team, and so we just have to build on that. We have to go slowly, step by step, game by game. Learn little by little about each other. Learn little by little about uh, the opponent. And by the point, by the time we get to the to the uh, USL playoffs, be at our top form. And if we're all at our top form we can be a very, very interesting team in the playoffs. We're going to be a team that uh, people are going to fear because the first thing that 
that you hear, especially when I was looking for teams, I had a lot of teams actually reach out to me, and I had a lot of a lot of players from other teams reach out to me, and these guys were like, bro, I heard you're going, like, I have a guy tell me, he was like, bro, I heard you're going to, to El Paso, is that true? And I was like, maybe, and he was like, bro, you're their missing piece. This team plays like no other team. This is this is from other players in the league, and that's what's great about this league, that all the guys, all the players from other teams are very close to each other. They're all able to have great relationships. So we all know what this team can do, and we know what El Paso can do, and it's all, it's all about slowly getting to our top form before we get to playoffs because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Every every player in this locker room uh, wants to win a championship. Coach obviously wants to win a championship. The front office wants to win a championship, and, and – and to do those things, you have to take a step-by-step. You don't want to go and get into your best form mid-season and then slowly uh, go down the hill and, and then end up getting eliminated in the first round like we did. Well, that's a, that's a big shot of Phoenix Rising right there. You're basically saying that Phoenix is doomed to fail in the postseason having won <laughs> 10 in a row. <laughs> no, not, 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 I don't want to say that about Phoenix. I think, I think Phoenix is an incredible team. They're an incredible attacking team. They have a lot of dangerous players. Um, but I've seen, I've been in that situation. I've been in, in, on teams like that where, where, where everyone's like, man, that team is going to win it. But like we said, this is USL soccer, man. USL soccer is so interesting because it doesn't matter how team you're good is, yeah. how, team you're, you're, how team you're good is, all it takes is that one chance for a team to put it away, sit 11 players behind the ball, and then it's very tough to break these teams down. It's not easy. It may look easy. That you, you can have any personnel you want. All it takes is I think we've seen it yesterday with New Mexico and Sacramento. Sacramento had they had the runs, they had the chances. It was one one. They had everyone was in they had the enthusiasm and out of nowhere Bruce hits like a, a like a thirty five yard bomber. It was like a mid volley I would almost say and puts the top corner and then and then after that was game over. It's like that's that's what the USL is about. All it all it takes is that one opportunity, that one chance, and it can go either you score and you and you sit back, or the the better team scores, and then there's a ton of and then there's three, four, or five goals because that's the what that's the reason there's a lot of uh, goals in the on the west. Sounds like a coach, doesn't he, guys? So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, Mark, I don't know why we brought you on. I'm gonna go home. I'm just gonna go home <laughs> later. Like you can do the session tonight. <laughs> I love it. Let's uh, let's bring this all full circle because I'm very much on the same page, Mark. I'm sure you are as well with life experience, and a lot of times when your back's not up against the wall and you haven't been tested, that character you don't know exactly what uh-huh. someone's made of. So let's transfer to the personal side of things where. Yep. And Seb, I'll phrase this to you as well, but let's go with Mark first. El Paso, awesome opportunity for both of you. Mark, you've obviously been there around the project a bit longer, but it's a far cry from from growing up in England and and your time with Coventry as a youngster. Just kind of, what is that like for you? What's been your experience there compared to other places that you lived? And then we can have the follow-up with Seba with the same question. Yes, it's a very good question. From a coach's standpoint, this was a very intentional move for me. Um, the project obviously was was interesting, but the location and the various challenges I would face here that you're probably not going to face in a lot of markets in this country. I think the the fans here, the media here, particularly the, you know the the, the the Mexican, the Spanish-speaking media, um, it's a lot more intense. There's a lot more pressure on you. The the, the questions you face post-game, pre-game, throughout the week with the media. That the, the there's more eyes. On the project, um, you know, 
getting recognized around town a lot more. And I think that brings, that, 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 that develops you as a coach in different ways, you know, because, yeah, you want to be on the field, you want to work with the players and make the players better. You also have to manage various aspects of, 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 of everything that goes on around that as well. And that does include me, that does include the fans, that does include the, 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 the whole organization. So for me, those, those things are really important in me choosing this because, you know, being in Jacksonville and Orlando and those places, um, you know, it, it wasn't always like that. And, you know, we're on the border of Mexico where it's, it's life or death for gamers. And, and that does spill over into El Paso, into the fan base here, into the media here, into, in, you know, you read articles and, you know, you try and stay away from it a little bit, but it's also good to see what's going on and what people are saying. And, and, and it's like, wow, there's, there's, there is pressure there. People are watching it. And that just makes you, that makes you a better coach because you have to deal with that pressure in certain ways. You can't let it affect you. And it's all part of the growth of, of being a coach so you know and having to you know, do interviews in Spanish you know that, that type of thing that's something I wanted to do as well I've always had an interest in that culture and, and my wife's in Guatemala and you know potentially opportunities to work in those countries I, I think it's really interesting um, but you know you have to have a grasp of the language and I had a little bit of it but I wasn't in an environment where I had to get tested on it and I had to, I had to use it but now for myself in a situation where post game I have to do interviews in Spanish and that, that was intentional for me I knew you know I'll make mistakes I'll mess up, you know, I'll look silly at times, but I need, I felt like for me as a coach, my strength is on the field, but I needed to get better at those other things and to get better at it, you've got to step out of your comfort zone and go and do it and face it. And, and so for me, those, those aspects of this job have been phenomenal and I know it's going to make me a better coach and, 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 and help me in the future. Sebastian, same one to you, buddy. Just want to follow that up there. You just, kind of your experience in El Paso so far. Uh, again, you talked to us earlier about being overseas um, in South Korea and kind of what it's been like living there compared to your time at NYCFC or when you're in Oklahoma, what, kind of what it's like for you. Yeah, uh, no, nah, it's quite it's quite interesting. I mean, it's been a, uh, it's been a while since I've been in an environment where it's uh, – it's, it's there's a lot of Hispanics here. There's a lot of Mexicans here. There's a lot of Latinos here. Um, and, and like Coach said, man, these guys, it's a its a different mentality when it comes to that pressure. Usually in a lot of USL games, you can come out of the game, and if you tire, lose. No one says anything to you. You go home, give a big hug to your family, and you're okay. Here, you you don't win or lose. You have people yelling at you, uh, mm-hmm. asking you what's going on, why can't you win, why, what's going, uh, uh, do we, who do we need, uh, why is this player doing that, why is this player doing this. Uh, and it's and it puts a lot of pressure, but I think that pressure is necessary. I think mm-hmm. that pressure is necessary not just for uh, not just for the fans. It's 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 not just for the club. It's it's necessary for us players as, uh, on a on a personal note because we have to stay sharp as players. We have to stay sharp. We go in day in day out. We work same thing with coach. Coach goes into the office every day day in day out. Uh, we're scout. He's scouting teams. We're we're uh, and we're preparing for the games. But every day you're doing the same thing, there's going to be days where you're a little bit off or there's little days that you're not going to be sharp. And if you don't have pressure, that it becomes a little, I want to say a little bad habit where you can feel like you can have a day off. But when you have pressure, you feel like you can't have no days off. Like you have to be sharp every single day, every single game, every single training, 
from the morning, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep to the preparation to the ice tubs to all the different little details, and that's what's going to make the difference. The small details, and if you can stay sharp and you have the fans pressuring you, pressuring you, feel the pressure. That's what. That's the thing. The people yep. don't think about it, but you actually feel the pressure. You go home and. And sometimes I'll, I'll tell my girl, I'm like, man, we, 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 we didn't do well, or I didn't do this. I could have did better here. I could have did better there. And it gives you that self-criticism where, where, where the next day you're going into work and you're like, okay, I know exactly what I need to work on. I, need, I know exactly what I need to get better. And it helps the team all around. If every single guy feels that same pressure, it's going to take the, the team to another level. It takes them to that next step. And that's where, and that's where it needs to be, on, especially on this team because this team has so much potential. That's what I saw in this team before I came here. Uh, a lot of people were like, come here, come here. It's going to be easy here. It's going to be easy there. You're going to score a lot of goals here. I don't always like easy. I'm the type of player that I want, I, want, I, want, I want the best quality. I want the best team. I want the best passing. I want the best shooting. I want the best goals. I want, I want the best style of football. I love football, man, and I love the style of football, and, and this is why I chose to come here. And so El Paso has done something quite incredible. If you watch the games and if you see the stadium, there's like, 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 fans, man. That's a lot of fans for the USL. I mean, at the Monarchs, I remember we would get like 1,000 fans. It, it just and, and sometimes that doesn't give you that much motivation to go out and play and to come into a stadium where you have 8,000 fans, guys are yelling, media's everywhere, you're walking on the field and you see tons of cam- cameras around you. That's a little motivation, man. That, that, that gives you that little extra sense. That's the other side of football, which is very necessary. So... So it's exciting, man. Uh, they have a great plan here, and, and, and hopefully I can be a part of it, man. It would be, be a great thing to be a part of it for a long time. So let's see what, what happens over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, this has been unbelievable. We could, we could do this literally for an hour and a half, I feel we like, and, cool and, and not skip a beat. Unbelievable. But Devin, Devin is getting his hair blown out, I believe, at noon <laughs> Eastern time, so we need to get out of here. Uh, Sebastian, Sebastian, best of luck with your with your baby daughter that is expected on the 29th. Mark, I would be you know watching your rear end because Sebastian will be coming for your job probably in a year or two. Hey, hey, but no. you, you guys have been unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks, boy. No chance. Thanks guys. Thanks boys. Appreciate Thanks, it, gentlemen. Guys. Take care. All right. Bye bye.